0: As I've been looking at the holidays, you know, you know, you had Halloween, then you had Thanksgiving. Do you know that America consumed over 535 million pounds of turkey? I mean, that's a lot of food. And then all the pies and everything else, and then uh, hours of television, and just everything that we want to do, and, and just every area, even Christmas now. It's all about what I want, that even many times we get that way, I believe, in even an area of worship. It always gets to me when somebody comes up to me, they go, Pastor, I hope you got a good word for me today. Oh, so I've got a word for you. The word is supposed to be specially for you. It is supposed to be for you, but I don't know if you know it, but I'm preaching to an audience of one. I'm preaching to Jesus because he's going to judge the word that he gave me to give to you as his word or not. If I can see him, and if I can make him smile with his word, then I know it's going to be a word to heal and touch you. And so many times in these areas, where we're taught areas to, to be selfish. And, and I want to start off here in Psalms, chapter 100, verse 4 and 5. It says, enter into his gates. It's, it's about his dwelling place. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and, say it with me, and, and into his courts with praise. It's all about him. Say that with me. It's all about him. Say with me real loud, it's all about him. Amen. Shout it out, it's all about him. Amen. It's all about him. Beyond thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. I mean, it's all about him, and moving beyond thanksgiving is getting to that area of praise. And I feel like this is like God coming to us and taking us by the hand and go, okay, you've been thanking me, but now I want to bring you into a deeper place. I want to bring you into more of an intimate place. I want to bring you to a place where I can show and reveal something of mine. But to to give you something of mine, you're going to have to be willing to give up some things that are yours. I believe that's why we even sense and see the worship is going to a higher level and, and, and even our lives are going to a higher level because I believe even, do you know the rich young ruler was supposed to be the person to take over Judas' place? But when it came down to it, do you know that when Jesus says, are you willing to give up your riches for me? Are you willing to stop being a ruler for me? Are you willing to become a servant for me? He wasn't able to give it up. And, and, and Jesus looked at him and says, I love you. Come sell everything you have. Be willing to give it all up and follow me. Come follow me. I love you with a special love. This could have been like the second John. The rich young ruler could have ended up writing a book in the Bible. But he had a situation where he wasn't willing to give everything up. And I believe that's where many of us are right now in our lives. What all am I willing to give up for God? Because it's his courts. It's his place. It's his dwelling place. It's him. You know, we were just down with our son at the base and Cindy had prepared all kind of food and we were going to have Thanksgiving. Uh, somebody let us stay in their trailer and we were going to have Thanksgiving there. It was going to be us and our boys. And and like every year, I had uh, Thanksgiving parade planned. I had uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving planned. I had planned to be around my boys and, and be with them and my wife around the table and have Thanksgiving together. And all of a sudden, uh, one, uh, one of the airmen that code on base said... "Uh." Well, I bought a 20-pound turkey. Y'all want to eat with us? And it was different soldiers who were going to get together and eat their wives and this and that and the other. And so here, right away, the first thing that goes in my mind is, well, there goes the parade, because I know these soldiers don't want to watch a bunch of flowers going by. And the first thing I do is I start thinking about what I'm going to have to give up to be with these soldiers. But I didn't say anything. I just thought it. And, of course, immediately we both said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And so we went over the next day, and and Cindy's with some of the guys, and, and we're fixing things and doing things, and got, got a, a, a knife to open up the can, and of course instead of the Christmas, uh, the Thanksgiving parade, halos on, and everybody's playing Halo. Yeah. Then they got some k- kung fu and karate stuff on, and, and then they brought out the summarized swords and they started fighting. And then we had to pull a root out by a truck, and and it just turned. It was just a, it was an awesome day. But the thing about it is, is that as we were going through the day. One of the soldiers looked at us, and we called him by what we heard everybody else call him. He says, you know, y'all don't have to call me by that. My real, my mom calls me by this name. This is my name. That's what my mama calls me. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing them change, and they start saying, you know, we remember when we were having Thanksgiving at home, and they start talking about, you know, when, when they were having Thanksgiving at home and the way things are at home, and they, they started changing. They started acting different, and we started realizing that as we were sacrificing our routines we were becoming part of a bigger family. As we were sacrificing while we thought Thanksgiving was supposed to be, as we had planned out, it was turning into the most awesome Thanksgiving of all. And there we were with these soldiers and these kids, and, and and as they're telling us their stories, and they're showing us their scratches from, from the war, and they're telling us their stories, and, and they're doing this and that and the other, and it's turning into more and more of a family time, and everybody's laughing, everybody's having a good time. One of the couples had just got married six months ago, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the, I asked the, the new bride if she misses home, and she says, very much, this is my first Thanksgiving to be away. I just turned 18, and, or, or 19, and and, and and here's all these kids, all of a sudden, they, they feel like it's familiar, and they opening up, and one of them even decided to dress up for Thanksgiving Day. He had his dress shoes on, paired dress pants, dress shirt, and I said, man, what you dressed up for? He says, it's Thanksgiving. And then across the street was a neighbor, so we were going to see about getting some food for him and all that, and when we were walking over there, somebody told me that, uh, you know, they were standing around a fire, and they were cussing up a storm and this and that, and when they saw us start walking across the street, oh, hey, stop cussing. Shh, here comes the preacher. Here comes the preacher, stop cussing. So they stop cussing, you know, and walk over there. And here's this guy, you know, he could barely walk that we went to see. And uh, he says, oh, you're the preacher. I said, yeah, I'm the preacher. He says, yeah, hold up a minute. And man, I mean, whew, you could smell. And so he, he walks into his house, and he comes back out with this big, white, Catholic Jesus Bible. I mean, the Bible's this big, and it's got a big picture of Jesus. And he comes out, he says, I want to show you my most prized possession. <laughs> and so you're looking at this, and it's got Jesus. And, and, and he says, you see how worn out it was? Do you know it's got gold along the edges? And he just, I love my Bible. I read from it every day. And he just started talking about his Bible and all that. He was all excited. And, and then he got some food later and everything. And it was like, man, we would have missed out on, it was a whole day of just fun. The kids loved it. It was awesome. And we would have missed out on it because it wasn't our routine. It wasn't what we had planned. I believe that's where God brings us in our place, spiritual walk with Him. It's not all what we have planned. What does He desire? What do you want for Christmas, Jesus? What do you want in this worship? What do you want out of my life? What do you want me to do that would be special to you? What could I do that would touch you right there? What do you want me to do for you? Going deeper into his nature. And we find that as you enter through his gates with thanksgiving, we talked about thanksgiving last week, but this week we're talking about beyond thanksgiving and going to his courts of praise. I believe that's where Jesus comes and he gets us. He says, now I want to take you to a deeper place. I want to take you to a place. And I shared with you, Jesus told the disciples, he says, you, fall, you come and follow me and you'll see the heavens open and you'll see the glory of God descending upon me and the glory of God ascending and descending. And, and when they followed Jesus, Jesus would speak to the Father and the heavens would open and the Father would speak to the Son. And it was just an open heaven there. And we see that in our shared about heaven, that heaven is built for echoes. The walls, the streets of gold, the gates, everything is built for echo." And when you study this and you go into this place of worship, it's amazing that you get beyond just, thank you, Lord, beyond thank you for my children, thank you for this food, thank you for my blessings, thank you for my family, when you get beyond of thanking him for what's yours because we make worship so selfish also, and you get to the point to where it's all about him, and Lord, I just praise you because it's your nature to love. I just praise you because it's your nature to forgive me. It's your nature to reach out to me. I just worship you because you're so great, you are love, you're so awesome, you don't have to develop love you always been love you are loving you'll always be love it's your nature to bless it's your nature to give and you just start getting lost in him Then he brings you to this place and for many many years you know we, we teach and we've been taught about the power of confession and we speak the word and we, and we go i am i am born again i am from born from above i am the body of christ and we make these confessions and that's so important But when we get into the courts of God where there's this echo, we come to find this place to whatever I tell God, He speaks it back over me. When I get into that place, the courts of God, it's where I get to the place where I start getting so absorbed with God, I start declaring, instead of saying, this is my Bible, I am what it says I am, we start saying, Lord, this is your word, and you're everything that it says you are. And all of a sudden, He repeats, that's my word, and you're everything it says you are. And then I say, God, this is your word. You have everything you say you have. And he repeats back to me, you are my son. And everything I have is yours. You have everything you need. Then I say, you are my God. And then I'll start, start worshiping. And I say, Lord, you're holy. And he hollers back, you're holy. It's of going, I'm the holiness of God. I start shouting, out, God, I go into this place. God, you're holy. And he shouts back, you're holy. I go, Lord, you're lovely. He shouts back, says, son, you're lovely. I shout, oh, God, you're wonderful. And he shouts back, you're wonderful. And it becomes an echo. Whatever, I'm hollering at the Father, shouting at the Father in praise. He's shouting back at me. And the more I start shouting at God, the more he starts shouting it out at me. And he, everything he starts, fi- I, I, I think I'm filling him with, he starts filling me back. And it starts growing on the inside, it starts oozing. And then you're going through things in your life, and you think different thoughts about yourself. And people say different things about you. And you go before him, and you just start praising him. You start thinking, him, and they go, Lord, you're worthy. And he hollers back, son, my daughter, you're worthy. And everything you holler at God is echo, and he hollers it back at you. Can you imagine if your life consisted of that type of relationship with the most high, awesome God? That what you give to him, he gives back to you. It becomes like this dance to where you're dancing with God. And you're just giving him and he's giving to you. And you're becoming one. And listen to me. It's when you get to and you start hollering out of God. You start praising him. And he starts saying the same thing about you. All of a sudden you realize, I'm not standing alone in this. I'm not standing alone by myself. He's with me. And you continue to praise him. He continues to praise you. And I don't have to make 25 confessions so that I can feel confident. Just being in the presence of my God starts causing me to see myself as he sees me. And what I've been seeing about him, I start seeing more about him that has to do with me. And that I'm becoming more, more conformed to his image. And I'm starting to see through that veil. I'm starting to see through that glass darkly. I'm starting to see a reflection of me in all that he is. And the beauty that I've been holding in him is the beauty he's forming in me. And I start seeing myself as not something unworthy and incomplete. I start seeing myself as the workmanship and the completeness of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. And it just makes me want to start praising Him and worship Him even more and more and more. And it's not about me. I don't have to go in first place and say, Lord, forgive me my sins. I take the prayer of Jesus and I say, Lord, hallowed be Your name, Your glory, Your kingdom, all about You, not about me. And God starts working behind the scenes and all of the tension. It gets on God and gets off of me. And I want to show you this, I I don't have the PowerPoint to it, but look with me in John chapter 3 if you have your Bibles. The Lord gave me this last night, so the PowerPoint was already done, but we can can go in the Word, can't we? John chapter 3. Look at this. John chapter 3, verse 30. You know what I was thinking about? John the Baptist said, I must decrease, that he must increase. I was thinking about that. I I wrote two things down. Forgetting ourselves on purpose. You may want to write that down. Forgetting about me on purpose. It's kind of like losing on purpose. Somebody would ask me, Brother Russell, how have you been married to the same woman for 30 years? It's because I lose on purpose. Sometimes she lets me lose. But, you know, my dad would teach me that. He said, son, it's not all about winning. Sometimes you've got to let the other person win, and you become the bigger winner. We're not taught that. People today taught, you've got to win. Nobody else is going to do it for you. You're going to have to beat it. You're going to have to win it. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to man up. You're going to have to go for it. You've got to win it. everything. You've got to win it. Because you're having to do it where, when you get the favor of God on your side, God causes you to win, even when you're not trying. Even when it seems like somebody else is purposely letting want be, they are letting them be one. And I'm purposely in worship, I'm purposely forgetting myself. No, I'm not going to raise up my needs to you. I've come to worship you. I'm gonna purposely forget about myself. And this is what John the Baptist said in John chapter three, verse 30. This is the message translation. Look what it says here. This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I'll slip off to the sidelines. Wow. This is the assigned moment. and This is where America is right now, I'm telling you. For him to move into the center While religion and tradition slips off to the sidelines. The one who comes from above is head and shoulders over other messengers from God. The earthborn is earthbound and speaks earth language. But the heavenborn is in a league of his own. He sets out the evidence of what he saw and heard in heaven. And no one wants to deal with these facts. And anyone who examines this evidence will come to stake his life on this, that God himself is truth. That's self-denial. As long as I'm figuring everything out in my mind and I'm trying to do things my way, then I'm earthbound. bound but the moment, like Isaiah, I start seeing the Lord, and he is high and lifted up. And I, I, it's like I, I shared, when I, I've always liked to, I don't know about you, I've always liked to go in attics. When my wife and I used to uh, house sit for some pastors, and they would leave, I'd love to go up in the attic. And when we bought our house, I went in the attic. I want to see if there's any antiques or anything that the people who lived there before forgot. Man, I hope there's a nice chest of World War II stuff in here or something, you know. You go up there, you want to find some treasures they might have forgot. I love to find old relics. I love to find something. I found silver dollars digging in the backyard. I love to find stuff that somebody else forgot. And I love going in the attic. And so it's like whenever I get a chance to go in the attic, you know, it's like you start climbing up those stairs and you get to the top. And then you stick your head out and you start looking. Hmm, I wonder if there's anything cool up here. I wonder if there's anything I can find. And that's what I thought about this place in God, about when He takes you. And He's able to let you start seeing, and you start getting up there, and you start seeing the angels ho- crying out, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, and they say, look, I want to show you how to wor- how we worship, and I want you to worship the way we worship. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, that Isaiah had been preaching about to, you're a sinner, and you're bad, and you're doing this wrong. And then all of a sudden, he saw the Lord, and he started saying, I'm the one who's in sin. I'm the one who's wrong. I've got all these things in my life. And he started crying out and repenting, Lord, I'm the one who's wrong. And the angels came, and they touched his with a burning coal. And they, they wanted to start showing him, we want to show you how to worship. And the Bible says they were sephirims and, and they had six wings. And with two wings, they would cover their face. I don't want any of the attention. I want to be dead to self. I'm not trying to be in the light. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be acknowledged. I don't have to be applauded. I don't need any of those things. I just want him to be seen. And then they got their feet covered talking about the place that we're on is holy ground. It's reverent. It's holy. It's, it's a place where God is to be worshipped. I've come here not for my own self, but I come here for him. So they're covering their face. And they're covering their feet and then with the two wings they're flying or in other words they're serving and they want to take they don't want to distract from God's beauty they don't want to distract from God's holiness they're not interested about who's getting their chance to sing or to preach or say something they're not interested in who's going to get this or that they're just interested about Jesus it's all about Jesus it's not about whose turn it It's isn't about who's playing today it's not about what's going to happen but it's about Jesus being exalted it's about him being glorified and that attitude gets inside of the church it gets inside of the people because Worship has to do with attitude. And when I see the attitude of these angels where they're going, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And the echo's going forth. And it says in Isaiah, they're saying it back and forth. It's just echoing over God, echoing over God. As they start saying, God, he's the one who's worthy to be praised. And all of a sudden, God opens up part of the heavens and they get to see things that they've never seen before. And it says, in that year, I, Isaiah saw the Lord. When you start worshiping God in that way, you start seeing things about God you've never seen before. You start worshiping in ways you've never worshiped before. Listen, my grandmother from Texas, she was a, a teacher in her, in, her, in her church. And she went to that church all of her life and, and was buried behind the church. And, and it, she talked about her church and we went to church with her. And, but just because she worshiped God her way doesn't mean I've got to worship God my grandmother's way. I don't have to worship God the Baptist way. I don't have to worship God the Pentecostal way. I don't have to worship God the Assembly of God way. I don't have to worship God the Catholic way. I want to worship God God's way. I don't want to go before God representing a denomination, or organization, or the way I've always done it. Lord, show me something new about you so that I'm able to go into that place and worship you in a way I've never worshipped before and touch your heart like never before. But when it comes to that type of point, it's the place where I have to die. I have to die to self. I have to come to that place about what does God want? And we see it here in Psalms, chapter 24, 3. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? It's the Lord's mountain. It's the Lord's church. It's the Lord's time. Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Talks about character, talks about works. Who do not worship idols, our own selves, our own agendas, and never tell lies. We don't lie to God. We don't tell Him we love Him, but our life says that we don't. We, we forsake ourselves above all things. It says, they will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. And then all of a sudden, look, here's the attic door start opening in heaven. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. I want to share with you real quick lessons that we learn when we go into the definition of God by the Spirit. When you get into this place where you start seeing God and you surrender your life, I want to tell you some things that we find from every chapter of the book of Acts that happens to us by the Spirit of God. Number one, when you get into that place where you surrender yourself, number one, according to chapter one of Acts, He'll change the way you hear things. Some people say, you know, I don't feel like I'm, ch- I'm growing. I'm not changing in my life. The Holy Spirit will change the way you hear things. In chapter 2, he will change the way you speak. In chapter 3, 3 he'll change your appearance. In chapter 4, he'll change your behavior. In chapter 5, he'll change your experience. In chapter 6, he'll change your position. In chapter 7, he'll change the way you see things. In chapter 8, he'll change your discernment, your timing. In chapter 9, he'll change our attitude. In chapter 10, he'll change our traditions Peter saw a sheet, and he says, No, Lord, that is forbidden. He says, What I call clean, don't you call unclean. He'll change our traditions. He'll change our outlooks on life. He'll change our prayer life. It will flow with heaven then. He'll change our calling and make it sure. He'll change our authority. He'll partner up with us. He'll change our directions. He'll change our world. He'll change our understanding. He'll change our insight. He'll change and increase our influence. He will increase our confidence. He will lead us and fill us with peace. He will take us from being defeated into victory. All we'll have to do is shake that old snake off into the fire, knowing that God is with us. Every chapter is something that the Holy Spirit wants to do on the inside of us. And every time we come together to worship God, I am believing for 2013 that there's going to be a supernatural, more in detail of the Spirit of God that's going to take us into a new chapter. And the Holy Spirit's going to open up more understanding and more insight because I want more. Somebody shout out with me. I want more. I want more of His Spirit. But that means there may be more. Of me that has to die. Right. That's good. That's right. Woe is me for my lips are unclean. Woe is me for I've said things that I know that I shouldn't be and doing. And, and I remember this song. That Michael W. Smith song. And we sing it sometimes here. About the heart of worship. It says, you search me deeper within. Through ways things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Listen to this part. I'm sorry for the thing I've made it. The melodies, the song, the things I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. King of endless worth. No one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours every single breath. I'll bring you more. Listen to this. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way way things appear. You're looking into the heart. How many wants the work of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Look with me quickly. Another scripture I'll have to show you. Isaiah chapter, I mean Psalms chapter 40. I'm almost through here. Psalms chapter 40. I want to share this scripture with you. I don't have it on the overhead, just something the Lord gave me last night. Psalms chapter 40, verse 17. Sometimes it pays to, to, sometimes to go among people and just see how even little things are so valuable. But yet it's so important to remember who I am and and that God gets all the glory for for where I am now and where I'm going to be. Listen to here Psalms chapter 40, verse 17, the message translation. Look, look what David says. And me, I'm a mess. How many ever feel like you're a mess? Well, you're in good company. Hallelujah. And me, I'm a mess. I'm nothing and have nothing. Make something out of me. You can do it. You've got what it takes. But God, don't put it off. Say that with me. But God, don't put it off. I believe we're here today in this Thanksgiving season. I want to go beyond just thanking Him. I want to be the living sacrifice for Him. Now look at me in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26. Now listen to this. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential. Not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses? He chose these nobodies. To expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear. That none of you can get by by blowing your own horn before God. Oh God, there's nothing wrong with me. I love you. I go to church. Toot toot, that don't work. Everything that we have. Right thinking and a right living. A clean slate and a fresh start. Comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, you need to blow the trumpet of Zion. I want you to stand up with me. And I want you to think as we come and we talk about giving this over to God and coming to the altar. Sacrificing self-will, self-glory and self-effort. Sacrificing to be to god the things that i've been holding on to and not surrendering things he's been been dealing with me about but i have been giving him i want you to bow your head and and i want to read this prayer that was written by a saint of god a long time ago and i believe this prayer defines everything that was in the heart of john peter and all the others that we read about today i want you to hear this lord right now i thank you for your word your forgiveness, your love. You have turned from me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Your mercy endures forever, and you are faithful to forgive. If we would humble ourselves and confess our sins, forgive me, O Lord, God, of my sins that are too great to list. Replace the guilt and the condemnation with hope and refreshed passion. Your will be done, Father. I again give to you all that I am and for you. Mold me, shake me, and use me. Let the truth and reality of the forgiveness I have been granted deeply, let it be motivated to be always merciful, tender, long-suffering, and patient. And help me to forgive myself. Give me beauty for my ashes. You alone are the only one I can count on. My joy comes from you and a relationship with your son alone. Thank you for not letting go, leaving me my own sinful devices. I'm yours, oh my God, and no one will ever take me from you. How can I not praise you? In awe, I stand before you. In reverence to my knees, I do fall and take this life, this lone life. Change me, for I adore you. Speak into this heart of stone and rekindle my passion my first love i return to you eyes full of tears and heart with gratitude mind with dedication take back what i calls to reign i've seen the mess that ensues when i try i want nothing that is not of you the spirit in me rejoices and cries out you are good oh god you are good be with me correct me always and help me to run this race to win. And it's in the name of, of all names, Jesus Christ, I pray this, amen and amen. Father, we do come before you, and Lord, we do confess our selfishness. We confess, Lord, the ways that we were determined to do things our way, how we wanted it, when we wanted it. Lord, we realize our life is not ours to own. Lord, when we gave you control, you became the master. We come on this day today after Thanksgiving. Lord, we just don't want to just live in that place of Thanksgiving. We want to move into your courts. Into that special place where we see where heaven and earth come together. And the melodies and the sounds that are in heaven come alive here on earth. Lord, let my heart be receptive and receptive to correction to you. Help me walk before you pure and holy change my life oh God to be totally satisfying to you let the praises of my heart, meditation of my mind, the words of my praise be totally accepted to you today, Lord I praise You and I thank you for this, in Jesus name, every head is bowed, every eye is closed now the most important question I have for you today is how is your life with Christ if you would die right now would you go to heaven or would you go to hell if you, is your life right? Is your name in the Lamb's book of life, do you know if your sins are forgiven? If you do not, I want to invite you this moment just to raise your hand right there where you are. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to just raise it saying, I want to be forgiven of all my sins. I want to get my life right with Christ. If that's anybody here today, just raise your hand real high. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else today? I don't want to play church anymore. I don't want to play church. Over here. Raise your hand real high. I want to be real. God bless you. God bless you in the back. You're ready to get serious with the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm talking to believers too. Jesus, you mean so much to me. I want to get serious for you. I don't want to say something just to say it. I want to be real. I want to go all the way. I want to run this race for you. If there's anybody else today, just raise your hand.